Hello lovelies and welcome to another episode. Um, I hope you're all well enjoying the lovely weather that we've had and even the crazy rainstorm that was yesterday as well. That was particularly impressive and I felt was absolutely lovely and welcome because my plants are no longer dying. Um, yeah, so today I wanted to talk to you about boundaries. Now, this is something that I struggle with. I really, really struggle with. And the more people I speak to about this, it seems to be an issue for a lot of people. But boundaries mean different things to different people. Now, for me, I remember reading a quote by JK Rowling about how you have to protect your writing time. You have to cherish it and hold it, you know, so no matter what else happens during that time, no matter other people come in and ask, you know, do you want to go to the shop? Should we go and do this? Can you help me do that? It mustn't eat into your creative time. Now, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because if you're anything like me, you tend to like helping people. That's what you do. And you're actually well known for it. I mean, for me, my family often ask me to do things constantly, which is absolutely fine. I love doing it most of the time. I like to help people move. I like to help people get places. I will happily babysit last minute. I'll always give up things for myself, for other people, which is great, except for when it eats into my writing time. Now, since um, reading Selena Barker's Burnt Out, I've started to schedule writing time in my diary, which has actually been really good for me because it sort of makes me commit. And if it was a job, so if it was a full time job and I was in an office, if someone said to me, oh, can you take me to my doctor's appointment at this time? You'd say, no, sorry, I've got to go to work. But because you're doing something creative, you feel guilty for not offering up that time. Right. Um. Yeah, it almost seems like it's not time that's worth protecting, um, which I think is a really difficult thing to get out of. I mean, Julia Cameron, in The Artist's Way, talks about it as a way that we are self-destructive. We want to be known as good, nice, helpful and unselfish. We want to be generous and we want the world to think, you know, hey, she's a great person. She'll give up anything to look after us. Um, and we want to be known for that. We want to look kind and, and thoughtful. But what it leaves is it leaves something... It leaves us lacking in what we want to do. So, you know, you can have a week planned of focusing on your art, whatever that may be. And then someone will come along and someone will start putting plans in your diary on top of that. And you go, well, you know, it's only art. I could do it later. I'm not going to take it. You know, I'm not taking it very seriously. And that's the problem. You let that eat into your creative time. And it's so difficult because you want to dedicate yourself to your art but at the same time you can't ignore everything that, that else is going on and for me I know that when I commit time especially to doing some of my writing everyone and their mother comes out the woodwork wanting me to do things and I think this is particularly true if you're a mum um, I've got quite a few friends who are mothers who always put other people before themselves which is okay that's absolutely fine and I would say that's quite necessary when you're a parent but actually you need to protect some of your own time you need to allocate time for you where you're not running yourself ragged looking after everyone else because you end up 
sort of stripping yourself of every ounce of energy that you have. You end up a bit of a shell because you've got nothing left to do for yourself because you're constantly in this rat race, running after kids, running after family, and you don't and you never have time for yourself, which is why it's so important. And this is something that I struggled with when I burnt out. I had time off um, because I was working myself to the bone, but I was also running myself ragged, doing lots of things for other people. Um, because my boundaries weren't very well established and I didn't really have an idea of what a boundary was. All I knew was that I shouldn't be selfish and if someone wants my help at this time, you know, whether it's to get a lift somewhere or, you know, come and keep someone company, um, you you feel like you should do it. You feel that it's necessary. And actually, if you say no, people don't respond well to that. Um, and it's quite interesting Um Julia Cameron calls it the virtue trap and she says you know it's sort of an ego thing where we we want to be known as kind and considerate and constantly helpful and actually when we start saying no and protecting our time so if we have an afternoon of I don't know painting and someone comes along and they want to do something else and we say look you know I really can't I've got other plans and Julia Cameron talks about the negativity that people meet when they start saying no to things, um, people start saying, oh, you know, so-and-so used to be such a nice guy and, you know, and I asked him to help me last week and he said he couldn't. Um, and it, you do, you get met with, you meet negativity and it's it's problematic because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? So if you accept everyone's request to help you and do things, you'll end up doing nothing for yourself and you'll have a week where you've allocated time to your art and actually nothing will get done nothing will get done at all because you're constantly running around after other people um in the same breath if you so you'll feel you'll feel rubbish right if you don't do what you planned you haven't held yourself accountable you haven't done what you plan to do however if you if you don't and you stay at home and you do what you're going to do and yeah you feel you feel good because you're taking your creativity seriously you're holding yourself accountable you're showing up for yourself and this is what this podcast is all about showing up for yourself and actually doing what we say we're going to do and priority prioritizing ourselves and our creative recovery um where was I going with that and if you do that you feel you feel fully nourished you feel like you know you feel like you've achieved something you feel productive you're proud of yourself if you're anything like me I write down my word count every day so I can see this growth of this novel that I'm creating um but you'll always have people that will say they're a little bit let down by the fact that you couldn't do that. So you're again, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you're not, if you don't. But it's something that we need to become better at. We need to become better at saying no, because I think people take advantage. They take advantage and they take things for granted. And it's very difficult if you're a kind person who doesn't like saying no to people. I mean, I'm not very good at saying no to people. It's something that I have realised that I need to get better at because what I was doing before I burnt out was doing everything that people asked me to do and actually I didn't have time or I didn't have the physical or mental capacity to do it. You know, there weren't enough hours in the day and that's one of the reasons I ended up burnt out because I just couldn't keep up with what was expected of me, which is why I think it's really crucial that we create, we have a good relationship with our calendars and say, right, this is the time, you know, Monday afternoon, this is the time that I'm going to work on that painting, I'm going to work on my poem, 
or you know I'm going to go for a walk in nature and I'm going to consider my art and wait for inspiration to hit me and you need to be very very protective of that treat it as important as a doctor's appointment because in reality for you for your creative self and for your soul it is it is that important if we don't spend time with ourselves and we don't prioritize ourselves a little bit more than we do already we you know we feel awful we burn out and it's a real difficult one to crack because society wants us to work ourselves to the bone I mean you look at Victorian workhouses you know people worked constantly all the time and that was how the powerful kept the poor busy and out of trouble they would constantly be working them to the bone and um, we haven't got out of that mindset really where everyone is now working themselves to the bone and working every hour God sends um and we're just too tired. We have nothing left for ourselves afterwards. And I think this is sometimes why creativity and artists are genuinely viewed as revolutionary, because you're sort of hitting back at that and saying, look, you know what? I am not living my life to that to that rat race anymore. I'm not partaking in it. And that's something that I have done. And people are looking at me recently like I'm absolutely mental when I say, you know, I've quit academia and I'm focusing on becoming a writer. And they look at me like I've completely lost my mind, you know, um, and it does make me wonder when, you know, people thought that actually following your dreams and investing in yourself became such uh, a problematic topic because people don't really want to talk about it. And if you say, you know, well, why, what would you do if you weren't working every hour, God send, if you didn't have all these responsibilities, what would you really like to do? And there is this sort of moment where people panic because they sort of think, well, they don't know anything different than what, what they're involved in. And I was very much like that. I didn't know there was another way to live after quitting my job. I thought, you know, but I just had to quit it because I knew I was really unhealthy and I was miserable. Um, but I didn't know there was another way. And certainly through investing in myself and reading more on things like, you know, reading more on self-help, um, on creative pathways, on how to look after myself. more, I realise that there is another way and we don't actually have to work ourselves to the bone, you know, but we're sort of set in this mindset where you think that's how it's got to be. But it absolutely doesn't. Um, and Emma Gannon writes a fantastic book called The, um, the Hyphen Method, Multi-Hyphen Method, where she talks about how technology is evolving so quickly so quickly and it should in theory make our lives better because there are so many things that we can do now so many jobs that didn't exist um 20 years ago even 10 years ago like becoming a podcaster for example or becoming an instagram influencer there are lots of things that we can do now that actually you know these are jobs that are quite newly invented you know you don't have to be one thing you you can have multiple strings to your bow and I don't mean working yourself to the bone because again if you take one more you, it is very exhausting but actually a lot of people who are adopting this method are actually working less because what they're investing in if it is podcasts for example they really believe in and it doesn't feel like work um you know, and things like reviewing, you know, these are all things that we can get really creatively involved in. And it doesn't, it's not nearly as stressful as being part of the rat race, but it is scary. And it's something that isn't really the norm, which is, you know, which is whenever, which is always going to make us a little bit nervous. But I don't think that, 
I think when you break out from doing the norm and you strike out on your own, you can't really expect people to understand. I think it's definitely a solitary thing. Whereas if you if you start establishing boundaries and keeping those boundaries, people don't really understand. Um, and I've certainly felt that I've not lost friends, but become a bit apart from my friendship group since quitting because I've realised that there we were all sort of wrapped up and bonding over this very unhealthy way of living. And when you step away from that, um, people don't feel threatened. I think that's the wrong word, but they just don't really understand. Um, and I think this is where the work of Renee Brown comes in, if you know her um yeah, she's amazing. You should definitely know her books are incredible. But she says, you know, we have to we have to be able to set and hold our boundaries and urge people to respect them. And I think when you do that, it, it, you risk not being very liked for it. You risk disappointing people. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I know that I the thought of disappointing anyone upsets me and it still does. But you have to think, well, you know, I'm upsetting and disappointing myself when I take on all these extra things, you have to be able to say no. I mean, last weekend, I was absolutely exhausted. I had this plan to do a ton of writing. I was really excited about the bank holiday. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get so much done. And I had these plans of going to stables and I was going to come back and I was going to write 2000 words a day and it was going to be smashing and I needed to sleep. Um, <laughs> I really needed to sleep. So I ended up catching up on my sleep. And I realised that, you know, I was listening to my body, which is a massively new thing for me. I'm not very good at listening to my body. But one of the things I've said to myself now is that if my body needs to rest, I'm going to let it rest because that's what it's telling me. I'm not going to ignore it anymore. Um, so I rest. I, I slept a lot. I had naps, which I love. I've rediscovered naps and they're fantastic. Um so I slept in as well, had some nice lions. And then people were like, what are you doing with your bank holiday weekend? Do you want to do... Um, do you want to come and do this? Do you want to come and do that? And you have to say no. I mean, the week before I'd planned, I'd planned to just do a lot of writing over the weekend. And I had just turned down so many people, so many plans, because I needed to commit myself to this time. And actually, when the time came, I was exhausted. I didn't do anything. But that's, that's, that's a subject for another, another podcast. Um, but I refuse to call it laziness because I listen, I listen to my body and that's, yeah, that, that's an achievement for me. But I think you do spend your life dodging um, social commitments is the worst one for me. You, you know, people say I'm having a barbecue because the weather's nice. And, and you think, well, actually, I've all I've got planned is sitting in front of an easel and, and doing some painting. And, you know, the, the socializing sounds fun and I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want people to think I'm massively unsociable. And that's one of the things that's come up for me. People think I'm very unsociable, but actually I'm okay with that. It's taken me a long time to be okay with that. There was a time in my life where I felt I had to go out every weekend. I had to go drinking and partying because I had to be liked. And it was so important to me. And I had to have pictures on Facebook because I wanted people to know that I was living this full life because that's what I thought it was all about. Um, and when you start coming back to yourself and thinking about what you really, really want to do and what you really want from your life, you realise that all that other stuff is is window dressing. You know, you're creating this vision of, of self, which isn't accurate, because actually when you sit down and you're free with your creative expression, when you're painting and writing and making music, that's where you feel right. 
for me, that's where I connect with my deeper self and not to get too spiritual with it. But I do feel that creativity is a spiritual process. And I think we do to tap into our true selves. That is where we are, our true selves. You can't put a mask on when you're creating art. You can't be something you're not when you're creating art. It's impossible. You have to be yourself. You have to turn up authentically or nothing or, or you know, because if you're trying to pretend and you're trying to be pretentious about it, it's not going to happen. You know, you have to be your raw self. And that in itself is frightening. Really, really frightening. Because you you know that you're a little bit vulnerable when you're your true self. And, you know, people think, you know, people see artists and they think they're pretentious. They think they're all messed up. And there's this lack, complete lack of understanding when actually I think it's as simple as you turn up at that page or the easel, or your musical instrument, and you just become the truest version of yourself. And that is the version of yourself that we need to nourish and encourage. Because as we, you know, when, we, when we're children, it's, it's celebrated, you know, you finger paint, you create wonderful things. I remember creating pictures out of dry pasta. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, it was celebrated. This person, this child's very creative. You know, she runs around the playground imagining she's a dragon. Um, these sort of things are created, uh, celebrated. And as we get older, they're not so much anymore. And it's actually almost seen as an act of selfishness to stay home and invest in those sides of yourself um and it's a real tough one to crack because i mean i talk about writing books and you see people look at you like oh it's another one of those it's another author it's another artist and actually it's quite hard not to take that personally um and i think it takes a while to stop taking that personally because you feel the need to justify yourself but actually there's no point justifying yourself and the way i look at it is they're actually um it's their own fears they're they're not you know, they've got these lives where they're running at a thousand miles an hour and that's that may be working for them, but they don't have the time and they're not really willing to find the time to have that exploration of self. Um, and it might, it works for some people. It, it didn't work for me. I'll admit that I, you know, I could be working so many hours a day and I'd come home and be writing and that would be when I was my happiest. Even though it wasn't earning me money, it was still when I was my most authentic self. Um but again, I didn't really have boundaries back then. And now I'm putting in these boundaries. And it's very scary because I'm realizing that people don't really understand boundaries. Um, and when you you can't do something, when you don't want to go somewhere and you want to invest in your art and people, you know, you say no and people are like, oh, why? What are you doing instead? And there's almost this embarrassment, isn't there, of, you know, oh, I'm staying home and I'm working on my novel or I'm doing some painting. And people look at you like you've lost your mind. Um, yeah, it's sort of almost become something to be ashamed of, which I don't understand because I feel that it should be celebrated. Um you know, and I think it's so necessary to the human spirit. And I think, you know, when people, there's a reason that the NHS refer art therapy, art, refer patients to art therapy so often with mental health problems and the such, because it is nourishing for the soul. And when you feel a little lost, you feel distracted when something awful is happening, the most profound things happen to you artistically, where you can sit down and harness those emotions and turn them into something incredible. Um, and this is why we talk about tortured artists and things. There's this whole, you know, Edgar Allan Poe was meant to be miserable, right? And But he would channel that misery into something incredible. Um, 
And I think we've all got something inside us that we can channel if we just tap into those parts of ourselves that we're not necessarily encouraged to. So for me, you know, boundaries are important because I, I will set them and I will go, this is the time when I'm going to tap into my creativity and whatever I'm feeling on that day is what I'm going to put on that page. However it manifests is, is, is a different a different issue altogether but just getting something on the page just painting something just having that expression um and if any of you are familiar with julia cameron she actually talks about something called morning pages which are an incredible way of getting tapping back into your art artistic side but without um without putting the pressure to create. So every morning you get up, you have a, a notebook and you just start writing. It's as simple as that. Every day you write whatever comes to mind and you just carry on going with it and you see you see what happens. And I read about it and I was really, um, I was a bit sceptical actually. I thought morning pages sounded a bit crazy, but actually they've been one of the most wonderful things for me to discover. I just, I can't, be without them anymore so you just literally start writing you get all the crap out of your head so in the morning if I've had a really weird dream or I'm feeling really grumpy I will open my notebook before I've got out of bed and start scribbling about the dream and scribbling about how I feel um and I did it for about three weeks um to start with before I saw that actually you're writing all this crap out and it's a bit like journalism journaling you're writing what's happened you're writing how you're feeling about things and then all of a sudden like something else will creep in like I started talking about scenes in my book that I hadn't written yet that I had been trying to make sense of for so long um and then all of a sudden they just started to sort of seep into my morning pages um and I was amazed because I started to plan the end of the novel, which I've been struggling with for ages. Um, and Julia Cameron rates them as the primary tool for creative recovery. But again, you have to you have to commit to them. You have to create boundaries. So in the morning, rather than springing out of bed and rushing around after everybody else, I will sit down and I will write those pages. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's rubbish. They're not designed to be shared with anybody. But I would really encourage you guys to check out what morning pages are because they are fantastic. And they're great for clearing the crap out of your head. So everything that might taint your creativity that's stressing you out and stopping you sitting down at a laptop or sitting down at your e easel they will get all that out and then you will sort of enter this state where you're like wow you know I'm actually channeling what I want to create but you need to be protective over them and you know Julia Cameron talks about people who make so many um excuses not to do them and she talks about um a millionaire banker who poo-pooed them massively wouldn't do them and then he eventually was convinced to do them after just just being miserable and wanting to be more creative in his life and how all of a sudden he just got the urge to pick up a guitar and started playing it and it and he, you know it was quite funny when you listen to it he talks about how he was quite surprised that it didn't sound crap <laughs> because he'd cleared his mind with the morning pages so they are very much like journaling except you do them at the first minute you get up and there are lots of um if you look on the tags on Instagram and Twitter, there's a lot of people who use them and a lot of big time artists. We're talking film directors, screenwriters, people do it. And they're almost they almost get a little bit superstitious about morning pages. I certainly 
feel that they are a necessary ritual in my day now. Um, in fact, I've gone out and bought lots of notepads specifically for my morning pages um, because I just think, you know, these, I don't know how they're working. It's a bit like witchcraft, but they are really working. Um, and Julia Cameron says, you know, you're sort of going in there with your inner child speaking because you're still kind of half asleep. Um, yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, it's interesting. I would encourage you guys to give it a go. In fact, before my uh, next podcast, I think you should. So every day in the morning, if you can either do it before you do anything else, or maybe just with your morning coffee, that's how mine started, um, just start writing. Just start writing, and it doesn't need to make sense. They're for no one else's eyes but yours. In fact, I don't even read over mine. I just write them, and then I put them away. I don't look back. Some people um, write three pages and then put them in an envelope and put them to the side. Um, for me, I just write them in this little book. And keep at it. Really keep at it. I mean, it's quite a difficult ritual to form. I didn't... Um, I struggled the first week to do it every day and it almost became a hardship because I was like, oh God, I've got to do these morning pages. But they are interesting and I would be interested to see what you guys come back with come back with and what they inspire for you and what they trigger in you. So it's three pages. Um I'm a bit of a cheat. I do A5. That's the one that's smaller than A4, isn't it? Three A three of those. <laughs> um and yeah, I would love to see how you guys get on with it and sort of let me know, send me a message, comment on the Facebook group or whatever, and tell me how you uh, how you find them. I think there is this initial, you know, it's really hard at first. And they're supposed to be hard. Julia Cameron says, look, you know, you're they're a crucial part of your cre creative recovery, which is why they're difficult, because we've been blocked for so long. But you actually do get this flow of words as you start practicing them more. So yeah, so be protective of them and give them a go. I know this uh, particular episode is about boundaries, um, but I'm going to tie into boundaries and say this is a, a thing that you need to protect with boundaries and you need to try. And also, if you're having any problems establishing boundaries or you've had any experience, either positive or negative, with implementing boundaries and maintaining them please feel free to share because I'd love to hear other people's experience um and I'm learning just like you so there is I'm I'm aware there's a rambling quality to my podcast but it's very much a journey of self-discovery for me too and I'm loving being able to talk about it with you guys and share this um so yeah let me know how you get on um yeah and also let me know if you fancy um, any Zoom calls or anything like that, or we can get together and just discuss our own relationships with creativity and what we'd like to do going forward, because that's something I'd, I'd quite like to do is just sort of create a group of support where we all nourish each other and we all be the support that perhaps we're lacking in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, I think a sense of community is very important. And whilst I've been starting restarting my journey, um with the book talking to like-minded people has really helped me has really made me feel like I'm not alone and I think that's quite a a powerful thing to have um yeah because we should celebrate each other I I don't believe for one minute that we should sit there criticizing each other so yeah anyway it was lovely to speak to you all I hope you have an absolutely smashing um bank holiday weekend and that the sun remains shining I will speak to you all soon take care bye